I confess all the best sex I've had is with older women. That's, that's correct. That's correct. Oh, yeah. Too Thanks. bad Julie and I are very, very young. We're so young. I'm but a child. This podcast is intended for those 18 and over. If that's not you, please come back when you are of age. Thank you for listening to the Bedpost Confessions podcast. Bedpost Confessions is an Austin-based live storytelling series featuring smart, sexy stories. Between performers, we ask audience members to anonymously submit anything worthy of a confession, which is then read aloud by one of our producers. The performance you're about to hear was recorded on August 21st, 2014. Mike McCowan will share a personal story of sexual discovery and growth from hookups to heartfelt connections titled Bar Wars. Here is Mike. Earlier that evening, on our first date, while drinking and flirting, I'd casually let it drop that my work office was just a couple blocks away. So when she asked if she could see the view from my office, I knew things were about to get interesting. I stood behind her in my office, the only illumination coming from the city lights displayed through the windows in front of us. I nibbled on her neck and reached around to brush the side of her breast, just barely teasing at the nipple. She arched her back with a little moan, pressed her ass against my growing erection, and she reached back, unzipped my pants. Wait, hold on. Let me back this story up a little bit. To understand my sexcapades, I need to give you some context. I was an introverted nerdling as a kid. I read books. I played with computers. I went on very few dates. I married the third woman I'd ever had sex with and was married for 20 years. So it's probably no surprise to any of you that shortly after my divorce, I became a total man whore. I started hooking up a lot. A couple of years after my divorce, I was having a number of memories like that one from the office. And they are all good memories. They are fun. No regrets. I learned a lot during that period that I'd never learned during my nerdly kid years. I learned about touch. I learned about eroticism. I learned about variety, how every woman is different, different in build, Different in sensation, different in what they love and what they hate, what they secretly want and often have been shamed into never asking for. I learned how to be a better kisser and a better listener and a better lover. But as fun and as memorable as these hookups were, they were starting to get a little old. Something was missing. I was walking home one Friday happy hour and stopped by one of my favorite little crossroads bars. Hey, someone grabbed my arm. You look happy. Come over here. I sat down at the table with two girls and a guy. The very attractive young blonde at the table, the grabby one, introduced herself and her friends and then proceeded to tell me her story. I'm trying to get over this guy I've been seeing. You kind of look like him, and I would say the best way to get over someone is to get on someone else. You look like a good possibility. I don't remember exactly what I said to that, but I, I wasn't shocked. I'd had enough late-night bar experiences to not think anything odd about her straightforwardness and the rapid development of this conversation. Uh, I sat with them for a while, and it was fun. We laughed a lot. 
But I was pretty tired, really not in the mood for the game that night. I was already kind of drunk, probably had whiskey dick anyway, so what was the point in pursuing this possible hookup? I will admit, though, I enjoyed the flitting fantasies that flew through my brain of actually hooking up with her. Uh, These fantasies are always clearly identifiable as fantasies. They involve something along the lines of taking her right there in the bar, bending her over the table, lifting her skirt, penetrating her there where everyone can see. Yeah. (laughs) I can tell this is only going on in my head. Because if that were actually happening, there'd be people shrieking, cops would have me in a headlock, some poor dude in the corner would be sick, muttering, the horror, the horror. (laughs) While I completely appreciated her sexiness at a fantasy level, I wasn't feeling it down there, you know, where the butterflies flit around and make you feel all funny. So I grabbed my laptop bag and said, well, I'm drunk, and I have to work tomorrow, so it was good meeting all of you. Have a great night. And I walked out the bar. I gave her my number before I left, of course. Got to leave open the possibilities, right? I managed to make it home, throw myself on the couch with some water, and was chuckling about the night. And then my phone rang. It was her. (laughs) I'm at your front door. Buzz me in. Um, okay. I mean, to do otherwise would just be rude, right? So she walked into my apartment door, and without saying a word, she immediately threw off her top and her skirt. She was butt naked. And she looked amazing. On the very next thing I knew, she had my belt open, my pants down, and was going down on me. And she was good. Uh, no, I no. She was really, really good. I talked to you about all the man whore days. No, she was good. <sighs> I could have sworn I'd had whiskey dick earlier, but nope. By golly, there was the one-eyed wonder looking up at me, saying, "Is it time to come out and play?" <sighs> so I briefly closed my eyes and started to enjoy the moment. But then I looked down at her. Or I tried to, but she wouldn't make eye contact. She wouldn't let me in. So I reached out my hands to say, stop. Wait, why are we stopping? Don't stop. Are you nuts? This was my penis shouting at me. (laughs) Let me digress. I know a lot of guys who talk to their dicks. They give them names. I never had. I always thought I was a little bit schizophrenic, dissociating yourself from one of your body parts. But here I was, for one of the first times, having an actual, albeit internal, conversation with my dick. No, I am not nuts. I just don't feel like I want to have sex with this woman. Why not, said Dickie. I I know, that's a terrible name. I'd never had the need to name it before, and I wasn't prepared with anything grand like Vlad the Impaler. (laughs) Or maybe my nerdly Cockter Who. (laughs) Or the ever hopeful Old Faithful. But I digress again. Why didn't I want to have sex with this woman, this really hot girl who was naked on her knees and giving me an amazing blowjob? Because, because I didn't know this person at all, really. 
I wasn't feeling at all connected. This felt insubstantial, like cotton candy. And I was craving a real deep dish meal, something sweet and savory with more flavor, spice, and texture. And I felt, not intellectually, but emotionally, that this wasn't it. Sorry, Dickie, not tonight. Maybe I'm actually done with my man whore days. Dickie squinted up at me. Said, okay, Mr. Monk, have it your way. I guess you're just so enlightened now, huh? But you know what? I may be a dick, but you're an asshole. I was offended. Why am I an asshole? Because, Dickie said, you're not the only one here. You're not the only one your newly found purityness decision affects. Oh, yeah. The world doesn't revolve around me. I forget that sometimes. Hey, I said, out loud this time, to the actual person who was there with me. I knelt down and scooped her up in my arms, and I set her on the kitchen counter. Talk to me. Fuck talk, she said. I want some dick. What's wrong with you? (sighs) Lots of things, probably. But I think you just want to fuck to be distracted and stop thinking about something. That's what you said earlier tonight, right? I think you don't really want me. And that's okay. I'm not going to press you on it. So talk or don't talk. But here we are. You're safe. So relax and breathe and let's chill for a bit. She looked up at me and burst into tears. Oh, crap. Girl tears. (laughs) Dickie had nothing useful to say about girl tears. For the next hour, I held and I stroked her as she sat naked with her arms around her knees on my kitchen counter. We talked about what had been going on with her, with her and her dude, and why it hurt, and why she was afraid, and why she didn't really want to think about it, and didn't know why she was even talking about it, and why don't you want me again? We eventually moved to my bed, where she drifted off, exhausted from finally letting herself feel what she'd been feeling. Emotions can be pretty draining that way. The next morning, we were both quiet. She asked if I could take her to her car. Was she upset? she annoyed with me? Disappointed? I don't really know. I didn't get to know her well enough to actually know what she was feeling. From that night on, the hookups, the nights of, hey, my penis thinks you're really sexy, you want to fuck? Became less of a compulsion. I was finally starting to listen to my own emotions and was starting to grasp what had been missing from these connections that only connected skin deep. What I wanted was connection of the heart. Um, Connection of the mind. Connection where the brain's mirror neurons. Yeah, I said I was a science nerd. The mirror neurons in our brain that allow us to model what we see in others and feel it in ourselves. We breathe when they breathe. We feel what they feel. Mirror neurons allow us to form that very real mental telepathy that does exist between human beings because we're actually wired for it. I eventually learned how to have connected sex. Connected sex. Thank you. (laughs) Was it with you? No. 
Connected sex is the feedback loop that happens between two humans. When I let down my walls, when I know the other person well enough to trust there's no more facade and that her reactions are real, when I trust myself enough to feel what I'm feeling uh, without editing, without judgment, without expectations, when her emotions resonate with mine, when what I do echoes through her and back to me, neither of us can tell where who felt what first and where I am and where she begins, we're in sync and perfectly mirrored every touch and feeling and response amplified through that mirror connection. Once you've had connected sex, everything else seems like cotton candy. It's great to nibble on every now and then, but ultimately it is unsatisfying and too much can even make you sick. Eventually your body will tell you it misses its real soul food. It needs the essential nutrients that feed the soul. It needs that open-hearted connection with another human being to feel healthy and whole. I've had, um, since then, a few more nights like this one, where sex was available, but I turned it down because it just didn't feel right. I feel like I'm being more true to myself about who I truly connect with in that way. Sexual connections aren't necessarily deeper connections. I mean, there's a resonance in my soul that happens with people of all sorts. They may be people I enjoy their humor or their stories or their character. But connection is necessary. Learning to connect with my full emotional self, how to actually be human, probably for the first time in my nerdly life, this feels like the start of something pretty wonderful. Thanks for listening. First-timer to the Bedpost stage, Mike McCowan spends his days writing software and his nights writing stories or discovering new stories. Bedpost Confessions is produced by myself, Mia Martina of MiaOnTop.com, Julie Gillis of JulieGillis.com, and Sadie Smythe of That'sWhatSadieSaid.com, and managed by Sarah Henry of O. Henry Events. Podcast audio production by Ian Danskin of Innuendo Studios. You can find links to all of our websites and more information about Bedpost Confessions at BedpostConfessions.com. You can also confess with us at Bedpost Confessions on Facebook and Bedpost Confess on Twitter, where we tweet audience confessions. Chime in and add yours. Until next time, we'll leave you with a few other confessions from the audience. I confess. I had sex in the back of my car, naked except my fur coat. And we were in the parking lot of the University of Vermont Medical School. It was zero degrees outside and in the middle of the day. <laughs> Go. <laughs> I confess I had wild, crazy sex on top of a Verizon wireless glass customer service counter. <laughs> Can you hear me now? <laughs> What about now? I had to do it, right? (laughs) I confess, I have begun to have sex with a man who has introduced me to both open relationships and the Hitachi magic wand. And as of this moment, at age 41, I am having the most fun and the craziest screaming orgasms I have ever had in my life. I have not felt this alive in a long, long time. Yeah.
Fuck yeah. The Hitachi magic wand and open relationships will, yeah, um, kind of make it happen for you. Get it. Fantastic.